Welcome to the Capstone Cast, where we cast thoughts, theories, and tales to see what we catch. And I'm Walt Tanner, and this is Sarah Ellen Edwards. Welcome to Season 2 of the Capstone Cast. I want like a firework here. There you go. All right. You can now find us on any kind of podcast player that you listen to, whether you have an Android, an iPhone, a first-generation um, iPad. I don't know. I was trying to think of a different option there. I mean, anything. Is, is there anything other than an Android and a No, I was iPhone? just trying to think of a different device. Your what Kindle. Is, I, yes. If you have a Kindle, maybe we're on there. Who knows? Maybe. Tell us. Are we on a Kindle? Anyways, we're basically on your podcast apps, and we're on Instagram. That's the only place we are. And right here, right now. And our Instagram has been crickets. But we continue to put this out yes. there. If there are any interns who want to come be in the podcast internship, we would love to get you working our social media uh, outlets, including getting a great resume builder for this yeah. landmark game-changing podcast called The Caption Cast. And we promise to pay you double what we make. Yes, so. we will double. Zero times zero is zero. We got you covered there. All right, so today on the podcast, we have TJ and Anna Bargeron, and we're going to be talking about money, 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 money. And I practiced singing that uh, pretty pretty consistently, so mm-hmm. I was ready for that moment in my podcast history life. Uh, so as we talk about money, uh, Anna and TJ have been working uh, over the last year or two, uh, looking at their finances and how they can continue to be responsible with what has been given to them. All right, TJ and Anna have been at Capstone for 10 years. They've been here since the beginning. TJ is a teacher, and he drives a tow truck in his spare time. Ha, ha, ha. He doesn't have spare time, but somehow he manages to find time to drive a tow truck. We don't we don't know. Maybe he's a superhero. Yeah. You know, Dave Ramsey would call that the side hustle. Yes, he would. Look, you got to say side hustle. <laughs> All right, and Anna is, y'all get ready for this. Like, this is a lot. A worship leader, a photographer, and a mom. And, like, a lot of us are moms, but when you're a mom of people who are still in your house all day long with you, that is another job. That is a whole thing. So her, that's why Her I side it. hustle is Enneagram Analyzer. She's, she is enlightened on the Enneagram. I love it because I want to talk Enneagram with anybody all the time. So it makes me very happy. I know you do. I love it. You've even made me take the test. I did. And it's been revolutionary for... For who? My relationship with you. Oh, good. <laughs> And now I can understand you now. All right. They've been married for almost eight years. They have an anniversary coming up this summer. And they have two sweet kiddos, Braxton and Bethany. First of all, did y'all mean to give them both B names? Yes. Okay. That was very intentional. I was about to say, who does that on accident? Well, some people do. Like, they had a name and they just (laughs) happened to do that. Okay. Because as a youth pastor, that always drove me crazy because I'd have two siblings and they both have the same... Now I'd yell Chandler, Connor, Connor, Chandler. Like I'm like, <laughs> you with you the C name. With the C name. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, so I always ask that to people of like, hey, did you mean to name your kids the same? I think everybody means to name their kids something for some reason. So as a general rule, yes. Yes. Well, you know the the Foresters, they named they had uh, eight kids, and they all started with S. Mm. Like the Foresters and, and Malden. Like growing up, like what Forrester are you talking about? I'm sorry. Rocky Creek Forrester, okay. Ken okay. Forrester, Pat Forrester, and they all had the S's. That's Silas, funny. Sarah, Stephen, crazy. Wow. Right? No, I'm just thinking if y'all continue to like have like a lot of kids. Wow, that's a lot of bees. Mm. We'll have our own hive. Oh, that was With good. that, we welcome Anna and TJ to the podcast. So let's get right to the meat of it. 
So we have all had a front row uh, seat in watching your financial goals become reality. So think back before kids, before marriage, and all that good stuff, which is one of the number one things I like to sit down with uh, kids who get married and talk about finances. Uh, so, But what were your finances like? So were you savers? Were you spenders? Were you planners? Were you just like, hey, nobody ever taught me what a budget was? Like, Tell us your, kind of your story, your background before this and kind of how it played out. TJ, start with you. All right. So I have been a saver for my whole life. Um, nobody taught me about a budget, um, but pretty much the reason behind me being a saver was I like seeing a big number in my bank account or in my piggy bank, wherever I kept it. So you were not like, I'm saving for this goal. When I reach the goal, I will spend it and zero out and start over again. You were just like, get bigger number. I just want to see it get bigger. Well, when I got older, I was a saver for a very certain reason, but... That did not work out. But before that, I was just a saver just okay. to have money. He was saving for his car, but yes. then he decided to buy me a diamond oh. instead with mm. his So yeah. it did True work story. out. Did work I was going to say, I'm a little offended by huh. that comment, but it it's fine. It worked out. <laughs> you know, I was going to write a book called, you know, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Joshua, you know, which yes. he's recanted that now. Um, I was going to write a book called "I Kiss Diamonds Goodbye." It was going to be it was going to be the idea of uh, cubic zirconium versus diamonds. And reality is that she probably wouldn't know the difference. But okay, here's what I have to say about this. And I'm sure we're talking about money and budget. And if you really want to get honest, cubic zirconium is the economic way to go. Here's the thing: I think for some people, and I hate to use the word test. But it is a good test of their level of commitment and showing um, discipline, being able to save money toward a goal before you take on a spouse. Like, it's not a bad thing to do. That could have been a chapter in the book. It doesn't need to be huge, <laughs> but, you know, it shows it shows some good commitment to it. So, that's all I'll say about that. I only had one rule, and that was that it was paid off before it was on my hand because I didn't want to have to pay it off. Oh, look at that. Good word for any guys, it, any guys so. who were getting wanting to get engaged. Sarah Ellen rule right there. Paid off where you put it on. I'm the, never getting married put a ring again, on though, it. so we're fine. You're not <laughs> getting married again? I'm never getting No. All right, Anna, we're kicking that same question to you. Saver, spender, planner, person who never checked their bank balance, who are you? Um, I was always aware of finances. I don't have a background of like, I never saw people budget. I was never taught the basics of money. Um, but I, you know, I even shared this with you, Walt, just like the, some people, a lot of people think there's a saver and there's a spender Mm -hmm. and TJ's definitely the saver of us, but I've always been a giver. If I ever had a money, never had any kind of money, I automatically like saw someone who needed it more. And Mm -hmm. that was not necessarily the best thing because sometimes I would give money that needed to be used for certain things. Um, but I, I never wanted to keep it to myself, if that makes sense. So, so when you guys got married, do you feel like you were on the same page financially? Um, or did you have a plan at all? We did not really have a plan. Neither did we have more than like five dollars. I mean, we we were, didn't have a lot to work with. Or yeah, we about. did not have a lot to work with. Um, but it was it was hard for me because I would see a need, and it wasn't just me making that decision. And I'll just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really an anxious person, so I would give it and be like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'll just roll with it. I'll be mm-hmm. fine. If I would do that, he would like go into severe anxiety like, and well, like freak out. He's like, money. What are we gonna do? 
so we had to we have um, we have definitely balanced each other out in that regard since getting married. I like well, it. Well, that that is <laughs> that is a key. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, Anna. This question is going to come to you. What okay. was the thing or the moment this go round, this more recent go round, that made you go, okay, something's got to change, or either this something's going bad and we need to change it, or like I just want things to get better, or I see something, I see somewhere where we can change this for things to work better. What was the thing that did that this time? So for the two of us, we again we got married. We were very very very, very frugal because we had to be very, very, very frugal. Uh, we had a good life, but money was not definitely give not me so, at the give top me, of Give our... me something in that first year of marriage that was just like, showed how broke you were. Well, we lived with his parents mm-hmm. for 15 months. Woo! Um, and now it was, it was, a, it was above a detached yeah, garage. They so we they had... in the same house. Okay. We had, okay. we did have our own space, but we did not have like a shower. So we were constantly back and forth in their house and stuff Uh, but that gave us an opportunity like everything that we made most unless it was food and we did a few fun things but we saved for our down payment on our first house and that's that's how we did that but we I don't know what we would have done if we did not have somewhere to live that first year because Mm -hmm. he was still in school he still had two years of school left and I was working just above minimum wage Mm -hmm. wow like less than ten dollars I can remember is when I got my job at Dorman, we were so broke that my lunch every day <laughs> was two packs of crackers and a jar of peanut butter. And I'd sit nice. there, smother it in peanut butter, <laughs> yes. and eat the crackers. Protein. You know? yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. we when we first bought our house too, I'm not I'm not a hoarder of things like I like clean. I like you do organization. I like going in your house because if makes I me buy feel some, <sighs> thank you. I, if I buy something. Something leaves my house, so it's like a mm-hmm. prog process. And so, but when we first moved into our house, we were selling things for the purpose of we need grocery money. We haven't used that in a while. Let's sell that. So it was, I say all that. So it was very frugal beginnings, um, and then that that mindset kind of stuck with us. So <laughs> we don't have a lot, so we can't do a lot. I mean, we we'd been married for like a year and a half, and we met with a financial advisor that one of our friends hooked us up with. And I can remember being, we left and we were like, we don't have $50 extra a month to invest. Like looking back, I wish that we would have, but Mm -hmm. like literally we we were like, this is a great concept, but we, we, we can't do this right now. But so we had kind of, for us, it was kind of, it was a mainly a mindset thing for us. Like we were still living like we had lived when we were living off of less than $20,000 a year. And so we weren't making much more than that. And even now, I mean, we're making more than that, but nothing outrageous, like yeah. nothing that people would look at us and be like, whoa, what a salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that it was mainly a mindset thing of just like refreshing. And um, we, when we brought Bethany home, um, it was chaos. Like I was just struggling so bad. And like I would pray and I would ask God, like God, I have no control over anything in my life right now. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I like to be, that's a big thing for me of like, I don't want to control you, but like, I need to be in control of my life. Like I need to feel like I have control over my life. And I, I would tell God, I'm like, I have, I have nothing. I'm not in control of anything. Mm-hmm. And so then, um, finances came up in prayer one day and, um, we had just, it's funny. We had just went and saw, um, the greatest showman. So I was like super motivated to like 
do something. So like that was kind of like a, wow, let's do something big, but didn't think any, but it just gave me the inspiration that I needed. And so, um, I actually kept it secret, not secret, secret, but prayed about it because we did have a small, like a very small saving, not, I would say very small, but we had like, we, we were intentionally saving. We just mm-hmm. were not able to save very much. Mm-hmm. And so we had a savings. And when I started all this and I, I prayed over it for about six months before I actually told him because I knew him being the, the, the hoarder and mm-hmm. wanting to see those numbers, like he mentioned, um, that it was not, I did not think it was going to go over well if it was not like the soil was not totally good and pretty yeah. and things like that. So for us, it was more of like, a we need a new, like what we're doing right now, we are barely hanging on by a thread in uh-huh. a lot of ways. And so we need something. And so that was kind of our something to like switch on. You needed to like change it up. Yes. Yes. What we had better. always done was no longer helping us. We were not thriving. We were like Sur- like barely surviving. Yeah, you're still in survival. Barely, man. yeah. So that was kind of what kickstarted it all. So you guys have obviously been on a budget, been watching, you know, counting every dollar, Dave Ramsey style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so TJ, what would you say has been uh, the benefits or the fruit of living on a budget? Um, I would say mainly just the freedom that it's brought. Um, so we've talked about how we've when we first got married, we didn't have a budget, never been talked about a budget because we just didn't have much. We lived on one income forever, it seems like. Um, and so just the freedom. So what we could do with our money, it was hard to see it until we actually sat down and started looking at a budget and saying, well, what do we spend here? What do we spend there? And then just realizing, you know, there was extra there that we could do stuff with. Mm-hmm. And so just the freedom that it brought with that and just and like you talked about with the mindset, you know, um, used to we couldn't do things because we weren't able to um now we can do stuff but it's more of you know hey let's plan to do this let's make a plan and let's save for it and that way when we do actually go out and do those things you know it's not uh hurting us you know it's something that we've planned for we have the money for so just the freedom that it's brought um and the relief it's brought it feels like something's just been lifted off of my shoulders her shoulders um there is no more you know, are we going to make it this month? You know, we know what we can spend. And once we get close to that end of that budget for that item, we know we need to turn our attention somewhere else. And so just the freedom of it and uh, the mindset that we've had is a, is a huge change. And that's probably say that's been the best thing for me. Yeah, I think, again, when we think budget, we don't necessarily think freedom. Mm-hmm. We think limitations. We think mm-hmm. you can't do something. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the key of when you begin to see uh, that you have freedom and that because you do save and because you do have, you know, categories of spending money, then you have the ability, the freedom to do more things. That's what I try to tell people all the time. Of like, if you remove debt and you remove that and you remove that barrier and you remove those chains, it gives you the freedom to be able to do things that you never thought. Again, Dave Ramsey, live like nobody else, so you can live like no one else. And the idea mm-hmm. of going, man, sacrifice in these early years, stay out of debt, make a plan, save, give, be generous, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to multiply that times, you know, times 100. And, you know, as we're further along the road than you guys, that we made that decision too. And we went from one 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 salary to two salaries a week because Betsy wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, so she thought. Uh, <laughs> you know, we invested all of her resources and we stayed on, on mine. And we didn't know that three years later we'd be called to plant a church. 
and that was the, the only way we were able to plant a church was by the resources, the wisdom that we had. And so I think the freedom to, one, be able to do what you want to do, but even more important, to do what God's called us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where we limit ourselves and we become a chain, we, you know, we become a chain our stuff, you know, to quote the great theologian Brad Pitt and uh, in Fight Club, you know, do you own you or do you, do you do your khakis own you or do you own your khakis? Um, and it, it's true because so many of us, but I think budgets equal freedom and mm-hmm. that's not how our society views budgets. They view it as too much work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. I th- when you said that, I thought that really clicked in my brain of like a budget. I think of it like those rituals that we have and those habits that we have. And when you have those, you have freedom in those because you got things that you're putting down and you're saying, this is what I'm doing. But then when you've done that, there is freedom in that. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Okay. That's precious and lovely and wonderful. But I want to know what are the worst parts? Because I have too been on a budget. We are we have done Dave Ramsey in our house before. And we have made some changes that have changed our life. Like we'll never go back to doing things because of things like that. But Anna, I want you to be brutally honest and tell us what are the worst parts? What are the hardest sacrifices to make? Go. Be, I like. I want, I want total honesty, transparency here. Go for it. Well, you are going to judge me. You you might not judge me. Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of judgmental. Well, <laughs> nah. I will love you you're, no matter what. You're cute and judgmental, <laughs> and the cute outweighs it, so it's good. No, but um, one of the biggest things that, like, so we sat down, and I had to break up with Chick-fil-A. Like, I had to break up with Chick-fil-A. I had to... Yeah, like get my yeah. big scissors. It makes me question your salvation. And I seriously, like, they suck you in, mm-hmm. and like now, it feels justified. It yeah, it feels totally it justified. It does. It does. But we sat down. It was the first time that we actually like looked at our finances, and when I saw that number that I was spending at Chick Fil A mm-hmm. every month, it was. It was so eye opening, and it was embarrassing. Yes. I'm like, are you serious? Like what? What? No, I would never do that. And it's almost like I was on autopilot. Um, and it really came down to because I'm a big like I don't like to just look at the fruit in my life. I like to look at the root. Get, give and me how many a, times you were eating a Chick Fil A a month. There is no month, judgment here. It was probably twenty, twenty times a month. About twenty. Times There's no. A month. Ju- I have no judgment for that because yeah. we had the same revelation when we were getting ready to adopt Beck and we were getting our finances in order and we just wrote down how much we spent on food. I'll go ahead and tell you the number. Y'all gonna die. We had two incomes. We were what our finance guy called dinks, double income, no kids. Yeah. And a lot of those there was just, you know, we should have been doing a lot more with the money than we were. We were spending, are you ready for this number? I'm ready. I'm I'm embracing it. We were spending a thousand dollars a month on food for two people, you Mm. guys, because we would buy groceries and then we would go out and then the groceries would go bad and we'd chuck Mm. them out. So no judgment for that. Yeah. I promise. Woo! Yeah. That's hard. Man, no y'all Chick-fil-A. did that together, and that was in my ear. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry, no. All right. no, but it came so down Chick-fil-A to, is from the devil. Like, is what I just heard. Chick-fil-A. So, and so I'm my, not. It breaks my heart. No, no. <laughs> you can't no, worship good. the Chick-fil-A guy. Yes. Is what we're saying. I mean, it's just like the khaki comment. Like, are you buying Chick-fil-A or has Chick-fil-A bought you? Ooh. Like, Ooh. what is it? Because for me, it and it really came down to like, especially so he coached. Hillcrest baseball Mm -hmm. for a couple seasons and last season um he was gone you know baseball coaches 
God bless them. They're gone. And God bless their families more than God bless them. And so Bethany was little. She was still crying 24 hours a day, Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. And, um, like, in my mind, we had his... Now, granted, it was not a lot extra that he was making every month. He's gone, so we're spending his paycheck on Chick-fil-A. And seriously, like, it... That is 100% justified. I had to, like, work through, like, a whole lot of entitlement Mm -hmm. and a whole lot of, like... I deserve this because I'm doing mm-hmm. this for, mm-hmm. like, I'm the one who's doing And so it was, like, very spiritual for me. But once I saw, like, I know it sounds so silly, but, like, Chick-fil-A was the, has been the toughest thing. And now, a year later, it's not tough for me at all. Like, it was really hard there at first. Mm-hmm. But now that I've seen, like, the progress, I, like, laugh at Chick-fil-A. I mean, I love, I still love the yeah, Chick-fil-A. Yeah, we still go to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, big right? fan. Yeah. Like, huge, like if we go out to though. eat... I, I only want to spend my money at Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. you know, like our allotted money. But at the same time, it was like, because again, I don't, I'm not a big shopper. I'm not a big spender. I don't go out and buy crazy things or anything like that. And, but Chick-fil-A, it was on and that, I think that played into my mm-hmm. entitlement of like, well, I don't do anything else. So I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so it was like, once I offered that up to the Lord and said, purify my heart. <laughs> Um, he started to heal it, but that, that's been the toughest thing, I believe honestly. You. It was, ugh. I'm terrible to eat my feelings, so, like, mm-hmm. I'll justify, well, it's yeah. groceries, but mm-hmm. I didn't need them, mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. Like, and it, and self-care <laughs> and food gets real blurred for me sometimes, too. <laughs> like, I just need some chocolate, and I'll feel yeah. better, so I'm just Well, and I will it. say, too, so, I had put on about... I know that you're not supposed to say this out loud, but I had put on about 25 pounds during the adoption process. And I found out, so apparently when I'm stressed out, I don't eat. But when I'm like on the side of depression, on the side of like really hardcore sorrow and like heartache, Mm -hmm. I I eat. And so this was the first time that I've ever been in that like hardcore sorrow part Mm -hmm. of my life. Usually it's just stress. And I had gained 25 pounds in about like a nine month period and I'm not being dramatic, but like once we got disciplined about this and once I started saying no to Chick-fil-A, I like, it was, it was like weeks that I lost the weight because it was, and that, and I really believe that because it was like money is tied to spiritual. Like mm-hmm. I was worshiping the money and I was worshiping in a way that I didn't realize that I was. And I was worshiping what the money gave me in terms of food. And, like, that was my outlet. Like, that was my, like, I'm not getting anything else that satisfied me in my life. But these waffle fries, man, they're really doing it for me. I know that that sounds so no, stupid. It does. It sounds very relatable. I'm pretty sure the, mm-hmm. the, the, the wafer in the Old Testament of the 40 years <laughs> in the desert. What it was. I think it tasted the, like a waffle The translation fry. is actually waffle Waffle fry. Fry. Waffle fry. <laughs> All right, well, that's part one with our friends with Anna and TJ, so make sure you check out in two weeks when we uh, release the second part of our conversation with Anna and TJ talking about finances. Uh, With that, we want to know, we want to hear from you guys what thoughts, theories, and tales do you have about our thoughts, theories, and tales? Make sure you follow us on Instagram at CapstoneCast and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And most importantly, make sure you tell all your friends about us. We'll catch Catch you you later. later.